Good day, good day, good day. This is Brother Dre with Day 41 Ministries. How y'all doing on today? Listen, we're going to get into a subject that many people, uh, many Christians deal with, and it's a question that is asked a lot. And the question is this, why is my prayer not getting answered? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Or do you know someone who's asked themselves that question? Why is my prayer not getting answered? Why does it seem like everybody else's prayer is getting answered and not mine? Why does it seem like I'm wasting my time talking to God? And so many times the enemy will try to make you feel like that there's no such thing as God or that God doesn't hear you because you're not special enough. But there are some reasons why you may not be getting your prayers answered. And so we're just going to go over a few of them on today. Uh, so the first reason your prayer may not be getting answered is unbelief. Yes, that's a real big one. Unbelief. Uh, do you believe that God is going to answer your prayer? Do you believe that God hears you? James chapter one, verse six through eight says this. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded. That's very key. Is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So when you're asking God for whatever you're asking for, whether it be uh, for healing or whether it be to uh, uh, you know help you out in your uh, financial situation or or whatever it may be, children, whatever it may be, you have to be completely sold out, be in complete faith that God is going to do this thing for you. You have to believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is God and he's able to do what you're asking him to do. If not, you leave the space for fear. If not, you leave space for unbelief. And many of us, the reason we don't get what we have prayed for is because we have fear in us. We have unbelief in us. In us, we use that 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 saying that many people use is something that I want you to get out of your vocabulary. What if? Yes, I know. I know you've used that before. I've used it myself. What if? Well, what if it don't work? Well, well, what if this don't happen? Well, what if? What if? What if? If you believe that God is God and He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ever ask or even think. You should not be using the phrase, what if? What if should never come out of your mouth or even enter into your thought? You know, when you start having that that mind battle, you know, it's almost like, you know, you have the devil on one side and the angel on the other side. And 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 so you listen to the angel for a minute and then you listening to the devil for a minute. You can't have that. You have to be completely sold out saying, I know that God's word is true. I know he's going to work out this situation for me. I know that God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. That's the kind of faith that you need to have when you're going to God in prayer. I want to tell you something. Many people think that God applauds or understands little faith. God is never 
satisfied with little faith. He never applauds little faith. He wants his children to have great faith. He wants his children to believe in him just like, you know, a father or a mother wants their children or their child to believe in them. He doesn't want you to have small faith or little faith. He wants you to have great faith. As a matter of fact, he requires you to have great faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. But without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if you don't have any faith, it's impossible to please God. If you don't have any faith, it's impossible to get to get God's attention. He applauds great faith. It pleases him for you to say, I know that you're going to do it. It pleases God for you to come to him first. Oh, my goodness. How many times have we made God the the last option? You know, I've heard people young and old, you know, they I, I see they have situations going on in their life. And they'll try everything else. And then at the very end, they'll say something like, well, I guess I'll just trust God. Well, uh, why are you talking to God first? If you believe that he is uh, everything, you believe that he can do everything but fail, he should be your first option. So one of the reasons why you may not be getting your prayers answered is your unbelief. Do you believe that God is going to do this thing for you? Very key. The number two reason is wrong motive. Wrong motive. In other words, why are you asking God for this thing that you want? Why are you really praying to God for this thing? What 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 what's what's the motive behind this thing? Is it is it that he may get glory out of it or is it because you just want what you want? Is it because that you want to keep up with the Joneses? Is it because you want everybody to think that you're big? You know, one of the things that happens sometimes, you it's, it's easy to get caught up in saying, oh, I did this. Oh, I made this happen when it was God that made it happen. So you got to make sure that you're giving God his proper credit. You got to make sure that you you're giving praise to God. Do you have the right motive for this thing? James chapter four, verse three says this. When you ask, you do, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Let me read that again. James chapter four, verse three says, when you ask. You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures or spend what you get on your flesh. It's all about pleasing you. When you ask God for this thing, did you not did you at all say, you know, God, I I want this so that that, you know, it may be used as a tool to win souls to the lost. One thing we must understand is the reason why God blesses us and God does want you blessed. I don't want you to get it twisted. God wants you blessed. But 
one of the reasons why he does bless you and, and, and he blesses you the way that he does is so that he may get the glory, that he may get the honor, that he may, that, that it may cause someone to look and say, you know what? I want to know the God that you serve. Are you giving God credit? Are you, are you, are you giving God uh, glory? Is God getting any glory out of what you're asking him to do? The other thing we have to look at is, you know, I said wrong motive, but then we have to look at wrong will. Wrong will. Now, this is a little different uh, than wrong motive, but wrong will. Is it God's will for you to have this thing? And that's 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 kind of that's 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 let me let me give you an example. Um, there are many people that want to be everything except what God created them to be. <laughs> oh goodness, there are many people that want to be everything except what God created them to be. God has created you to be, uh, you know, maybe a, a pastor, but you are gung ho on being a praise and worship leader. You know, God created you to be a praise and worship leader, but you're gung ho and you, 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 you decided you wanted to be a pastor. God called you, uh, to be a missionary or, or, or whatever. And, and you have decided that, you know, it is your heart's desire to be, uh, uh, an entrepreneur. You know, is it lining up with God's will for your life? It's very important. You have to make sure that it lines up with his will. God is not going to, uh, answer your prayer when it goes against his will. Because that would be a waste of time. And then you wouldn't fulfill the purpose on your life. See, if he gave you uh, everything that you wanted according to your will, then it would go against a lot of times against what his will is for you. Unless you your will and his will lines up. So you got to make sure that it lines up with his will. Is it the will of God for you to be whatever you're asking for or for you to have whatever you're asking for? Now, there, there are certain times where, you know, I've heard uh, people in the church say, you know, well, uh, you know, I believe God's going to heal me as long as it's his will. Well, that's not something you have to pray about. It is his will for you to walk in divine health. But when I talk about the will, I'm talking about uh, more so in the lane of, you know, you want to be something. And God is saying, I didn't create you to be that. I created you to be this. I hope you understand that. First John chapter four, uh, excuse me. First John chapter five, verse 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, not our will, but according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. 
Let me read that again. I hope you're taking notes or I hope you re rewind this. First John chapter five, verse 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So we should go to God in confidence. We should go to God in confidence. We can go to God in confidence as long as we know it lines up with his will for with his will for us. And if we know that he hears us, see, you got to know, you got to know that you know that you know that you know that you know he hears you, then you you can have what you're asking for. It should be it should be a no brainer to you. I'm going to receive whatever I ask for. So you can pray in confidence. You can go to God in confidence because it lines up with his will and you know he hears you. So ask yourself, am I asking for something that is out of the will of God? Let me just say this. Let me let me give you another scenario. God is not going to give you someone else's husband. God is not going to give you someone else's wife. I don't care how much you pray, how much you fast. God is not going to give you someone else's husband. God is not going to kill somebody for you. OK, you have to make sure that it lines up with the word of God and that it lines up with his will for your life. Number three, number three. So the first one was unbelief. The second one was wrong motive slash wrong will. OK, the number three reason why your prayer not may not be getting answered is sin nature, what I call sin nature. Basically what that is, is how you conduct yourself, how you live your life. Isaiah 59, chapter 59, verse one and two says this. It says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Let me read that again. Isaiah 59 verse one and two says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. So if I am not right with God, then I am not in position for God to answer my prayer. I have to be in right standing with God. When we look at that, that scripture and it talks about iniquity, it's, it's talking about your behavior. It's talking about a sinful lifestyle. Not that you just sinned, but you have made this a lifestyle. You have decided, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to be what I'm going to be. Take it or not. Uh, take it or, or, or not. I'm just going to be who I am. This is how I am. Well, if you are living a sinful lifestyle, 
then why should God answer your prayer? Let me put it like this. If 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 you're a parent and you have kids and you tell them to do something and they keep going against what you're telling them to do, they catch an attitude with you. Oh, I ain't doing that. Well, I, I do it when I want to. I mean, you can't tell me what to do. How are you going to feel about that child? Now, if they're still breathing <laughs> or if you haven't grounded them yet, let's just say, you know, they're just mouthing off. They're just doing what they want to do. And then all of a sudden they say, well, you know, I do want to do this or I want this particular thing. And so they come to you and you know how kids can put on that little that little soft voice, that little happy voice, like they're so glad to see, hey, mom, hey, dad, how you doing? I love you. You know, they're trying to sweet talk you and everything. And, and then it says, um, can I have um, the new PlayStation 4, the new PlayStation 5? Can I have a new, a new video game? What is your answer going to be? The first thing you're going to think about is, okay, First off, they haven't done anything that I've asked them to do. That's number one. Secondly, every time I ask them to do something, they're always catching that attitude. Now they're come to they're coming to me in this sweet voice, uh, and I don't recognize this person because this person isn't normally here. You know, I'm used to the child with the attitude. Now they're trying to be all sweet and be all nice and everything. And and so now uh, they want something. Would you answer that? Would you give them their request? Would you give them the thing that they wanted? Can we keep it 100 right now? Let's just say if you're if if you're you're married and your spouse doesn't. Uh, cater to you at all you know they they don't respect you at all they they always seem to put you down you're always an afterthought in their mind and so all of a sudden you know they're feeling like you know tonight's the night and you know I want to get intimate with my spouse or whatever how how much love is going to flow through that relationship or through that that setting when they have been nasty to you all day It's real simple. We must understand that God has feelings too. God has feelings too. We can't just we can't just do what we want. We just can't act like we want and then, you know, expect God to just be our genie and do what we do what we ask him to do. God cannot bless mess. Let me say that one more time. God cannot bless mess. So if you really want, it's, it's all about establishing that relationship with God. Do you really have a true relationship with God? If you, if you have a true relationship with God and you're obedient to what he asks you to do and you have that relationship with God, it's, it's, it's not something that's just on Sunday. Hello. You know, you're not just praising God and talking to God on Sunday, but it is a true relationship. Then your prayers will be answered. If not, if you got sin in the way, if you made sin a lifestyle, 
Then you're playing Russian roulette. Why would God answer your prayer? Ooh, let me tell you this. Psalms chapter 66 verse 18 says this. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Ooh, that's 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 tough. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. In other words, if it, 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 when we talk about the heart, we're talking about the will, the intellect, the feelings, your emotions. If you regard iniquity in your heart, maybe you didn't you didn't actually do the act of sin. But it's in your heart. It's in your mind. You know, there, there are some, you know, that's why you have to cast down imaginations. You know, there, there are some things that can come on your mind and it can feel like you are actually in the activity that you're thinking of. I'll just leave it at that. But if you regard iniquity, sin in your heart, the Lord will not hear you. It didn't say might, he might hear you or maybe he won't hear you. He, it says he won't hear you because it's in your heart. You know, you have to ask yourself, what's really in my heart? You know, people can, can be very nice on the outside. People can do all the right things, but deep down inside, what's stirring on the inside? What What's really in your heart? You can you can be nice to your your wife or to your husband, you know, at times. But what's really in your heart is love really in your heart. You know, one of the things that that people deal with a lot of times, or one of the reasons why people prayers are answered a lot of times is they have unforgiveness in their heart. You know. You you you're still holding grudges against somebody. Well, you're cutting off your connection to God. He says, if you have sin in your heart, I'm not going to hear you. So you got to make sure that you have uh, the right attitude. You have to make sure that your heart is pure, that your heart is clean. Don't let anybody or anything Hinder your prayers to God. What's in your heart? Is the question. Proverbs 28 and 9. Proverbs 28 and 9 says. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction. Even their prayers are detestable. So again we're talking about. We're talking about the sin nature. Number three the sin nature uh, Proverbs 28 and 9 says, if anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. In other words, you don't uh, hear the word of God. You don't listen to what I'm saying. You turn a deaf ear to my instructions. You turn a deaf ear to what I'm trying to tell you. He says, your prayers are detestable. Now, that's a strong word. That's a strong word. I Meaning it, it basically says he can't stand your prayers. And rightfully so. Think about this for a minute. Proverbs 28 and 9 says, if anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. So basically, 
What he's saying is, if you can't hear me, why should I hear you? Mm. If you can't hear me, if you can't listen to what I'm telling you, why should I listen to what you're trying to tell me? I feel someone's toes curling right now. Are you hearing what God is telling you? In other words, can you hear me now? You know, this is a two-way street. It has to be. We have to. We have to redefine our 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 how we view God. We we have to uh, redefine how we view Christianity. It is a relationship, people. It is a relationship between you and God. So he's saying here, if you won't listen to my instructions, if you refuse to hear me, why should I listen to you? And many of us are in that boat. Well, I won't say many. Some of us are in that boat. God has been trying to tell us to do to do certain things and we refuse to do it. God has told us to uh, uh, move this way and we decide to go the other way. We don't hear his instruction. We refuse to hear his instruction. But then when we're in trouble, we want to say, God, please hear me. And God, the whole time is saying, please hear me. He's like, I love you. I want to, you know, some of us, if we just listen to God in the first place, man, I can tell you uh, from experience, there are some things if I would have listened to God in the first place, I would not have had to go to him in prayer about a situation because I would have never been in it. But because I turned a deaf ear to his instruction, because I went this, the opposite way of what he told me to do, I caught a lot of frustration. I caught a lot of trouble because I went the wrong way. And so now I'm praying to God after I didn't hear his voice the first time. Now I know that's not everybody, but be honest with yourself. Am I hearing and not am I only hearing, but am I doing what God told me to do? Maybe that's why your prayer is not being answered. The last one we're going to deal with on today is I, I I like to label this marital harmony. Number four, marital harmony. First Peter three and seven. First Peter three and seven says this husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. And treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Let me read that again. Very important. I hope there's a man listening right now. This might be the reason why you're not getting your prayers answered. Husbands. In the same way, be considerate as you live as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner 
and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing, nothing will hinder your prayers. You know, as men, sometimes it's hard to communicate with our wives. Sometimes it's hard for us to understand them sometimes. And, and because we don't understand them sometimes, we get frustrated. And so we, we end up becoming short or we end up uh, not really uh, adhering to their needs, giving them what they need. But he says, if you want me to answer your prayers, respect your wife. Now, that is, that is something that a lot of people don't talk about. You know, I, I've been to a few churches and a lot of churches don't preach this from what I've heard, okay? But you have to respect your wife. You have to do right by your wife if you want God to hear your prayer. Yes, you can be, you can be awesome in the church. You can be awesome. You can, you can, you know, feed the homeless and, and you can give the home, the, the, the homeless shelter and you can be a part of all these outreaches and, and everything else. But if your home is tore up, if you are not paying attention to home, if you are not ministering to home, God says, I won't hear you. You have to respect your wife. You have to minister to your wife. That should be your first ministry. There's no reason why. And, I, and I'm, I'm, it's sad to say, but I've seen this. There's no reason why a person should be treating someone on the outside of their house better than the people inside their house. But it happens all the time. You know, and I don't know if it's because they just feel like, well, they should understand how I am and and everything else. But but no, you have to make sure you treat your wife with respect. You got to you got to take care of family. You know, and the same the same rule applies. It talks about the wife here, but I believe it talks it, it, it applies to kids, too. You can't treat your kids a certain way and then treat other kids other people kids better and expect God to bless you or to hear your prayer. You got to take care of home. Let's look at, at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. It says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Let me read that again. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. So my wife is supposed to be my good thing. And she is a key to me receiving favor from God. Well, let's break this down. What is favor? 
Favor is the approval of God, the provision of God. It is the approval of God and the provision of God. So if if my wife is my good thing and I receive favor from the Lord, when I find my wife, if I disrespect her, what I'm saying is I don't need God's provision in my life. So now I must ask the question, why should he answer my prayer when I won't receive or respect the favor that he's already given me? Makes you think, right? If you if you really understand uh, what your wife is, your wife is your support system. That's what she is. She is your support system. She is there to help you uh, get to where God is trying to take you. So if he's already given you provision, he's given you provision in your life. By giving you a wife so that you may succeed and be what he's called you to be. When you disrespect the provision or the favor of God on your life, why should he answer your next prayer? You're not even utilizing the favor he's given you. You keep downing her. You keep treating her as nothing. But she is... Your wife, she is your good thing. She is the provision of God before there was ever a need. He already gave you provision before you ever had the problem. Man, God is so good. He's so wise. He's so excellent. He's given me provision before there was the problem. You know, we we often say that our wife is our help me. Well, uh. If if she is your help me, guess what? She's just as strong or maybe even stronger than you. Let me give you this example. If I'm trying to move a table and it's too heavy, I need someone who's stronger or just as strong as me to help me move it. I can't get somebody who's weaker than me. I can't get someone to help me or a helper to help me move something if they're weaker than me. They have to be as strong as me or stronger than me. And so that's what our wife is. That's what our wives are. You should always respect the gift that God has given you. Now, ask yourself this question. Am I respecting the gift that God has given me? Am I doing right by what he's given me thus far? And if not, do I deserve for him to answer my prayers? Yes, yes, there are reasons. There are reasons that our prayers aren't answered. But the good thing is, is we can correct them. You can correct unbelief. 
You can make up in your mind that I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe his word no matter what comes, no matter what happens in my life or what has happened in my life. I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to let past events uh, deter me from having faith in the God that loves me so much. You can you can have the right motives. You can begin to, you know, look at yourself and say, you know what? Maybe I had the wrong motive. Maybe I was looking at this wrong. The reason I wanted this was the wrong motive. But now I'm going to line myself with God and make sure that he gets glory out of what I'm what I'm asking for. You can get rid of the sin nature. God knows we can get rid of the sin nature. You know, and decide I'm going to live holy. I'm going to live in a way that God will be pleased with me. I'm going to live in a way that God would call me his son or his daughter. That I can truly be called a child of God, that I can represent his name in such a way that I, I can I can put away the foolishness and get serious about my relationship with him. And lastly, with marital harmony, you could always treat your spouse better. Now, in, in that scripture, first Peter, first Peter three and seven, it's talking to men. But ladies, I believe it goes uh, to you as well. You don't want to damage your man. You don't want to disrespect your man. You know, you want to treat him how you would want to be treated. You want to treat him how you want to be treated. You want God to do some things, you know, you may be lacking in a certain area. And God has said, I've given you a king. I've given you a man who, who loves you, who will take care of you. But you don't do right by what God has given you. That's why I said marital harmony. You can change that today. Some of us, we won't even have the problems that we have if we just learn to come together with our spouse. You know, the old saying, two heads are better than one. It truly is. And when there's true love there, man, you can, you can, you can conquer mountains. You got to dwell in marital harmony. So I hope you've gotten something out of the word on today. Out of this message, um, again, your prayers can be answered. There are reasons why your prayers may not have been answered, but they can be answered. They can continue to be answered uh, as, long as, you're, as long as you're willing to change what you need to change. So don't let the enemy come in and deter you. Don't let the enemy say, you know, oh, it's not your season or or, you know, God doesn't love you. God loves you. But he's just waiting you waiting for you to do the right thing. This has been Brother Dre from Day 41. I love you and I will see you next time. Take care.